success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast and we, oh, do you have a treat, a treat coming your way right now. We have the amazing one and only Ashley Owens. Oh my gosh, like the crowds are roaring right now. Oh my gosh. Ashley Owens is the first and only networking concierge that puts you in the right situation or gets you out of the wrong one. As a networking concierge, Ashley works as a strategic partner, attending events with professionals as an extension and champion of them at local events and conferences. Starting her career as a professional and executive assistant to two celebrities in New York City, her experience in networking grew as she obtained positions in customer service, business analytics, and account management. Since 2017, Ashley has grown her business into something she could have never dreamed of. Ashley is a host of two digital TV talk shows on RVN TV and This Is It TV speaking and interviewing on the topic of tactical networking. She has taken over 700 introduction phone calls with business professionals looking to grow their network and has given close to 1,000 introductions. She's spoken to over 50 networking groups, organizations, companies, and conferences, including the coveted Pennsylvania Conference for Women. She's been interviewed on the Mel Robbins Show on CBS, produces and hosts a podcast talking to entrepreneurs and their screw-ups, raises over thousands of dollars for local nonprofits that she partners with at her Cocktails and Conversation networking event. She has over 185 referral partners, owns equity in two other startup companies, and has been flown around the country as a keynote speaker. And she is my friend, Ashley Owens. Welcome to the She's Invincible podcast. Every time I hear that bio, I'm like, hey, there is just so much going on and it's only been three years. And I forget sometimes to like, sit down and remember some of the things that I've accomplished, but I always, I'm Irish Catholic, so I could never, could never, like, I can't, I, I hate when people read it, because I forget that things are going on. It's very, very scary, but thank you it so much for having me. It is amazing. I know, and you know, most people say that, they're like, when you read my bio, I think she can't be talking about me, but girl, I am talking about you, and it is so good to be face-to-face with you today and to share you with our listeners all over the world. 
I love it so much. I am such a fan of your podcast. I'm such a fan of you. You've been a supporter since day one. I've been a supporter of you since day one. And I think when you've got two really positive people, especially trying to support, especially women, because that doesn't always happen. Let's be real about that. But um, it's, it's such a pleasure to be able to have this come full circle. And I love it so much. So thank you for having me today. Oh my gosh. I'm just thrilled to have you here. So let's do this. Yeah. Let's tell our listeners who you are aside from this amazing bio. How did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Sure. So my background started, um, I know we talked about in the bio that I was a personal assistant to two celebrities, but that not as glamorous as you may think. There's a lot of hard work that went into it. There's a lot of deadlines. It taught me a lot about boundaries and learning how to time manage and really getting a thick skin at a very, very young age. So it taught me a lot about resilience because you really cannot take anything personally. You can't take anything personally with what they say and recognize that everything that you're doing is wrong. It's always going to be wrong and you're never going to get affirmed. There's no going to be, you know, attaboy, nothing like that. So, um, you know, in the beginning, that taught me how to work very hard to keep my head down and to be also to also be compliant, which, you know, later in life ended up being kind of a, a burden for me. But the way that I got started had was um, I was working in New York. I came back and I lived in North Jersey and North Jersey had a diner that I worked at for three years. So I was in New York City. I was working as a personal assistant that burnt me out. I came back, started living with my parents and I worked in a diner for three years while my then husband, now ex, my then husband was in, um, was in the military. So he was overseas while I was working as, as a waitress. And um, the... It was, it was at that point where I was at my lowest. I did not have a voice. I felt like I had just graduated from high school. I did everything I was supposed to do. I, you know, I've got an extraordinary amount of loans and I felt like it was just crippling because I couldn't, you know, invest in myself and, and the, the, the background that I had or the major that I have is in mass communications, which is so varied. And I didn't really think I had a really good um, education in a space that was uh, helping me be intentional about the activities that I was doing to have a career. So again, I was working as a waitress at my lowest point, loved working as a waitress because I love the influx of people. I love being able to identify different personalities and all that. And that allowed me to kind of still stay top of mind and, and um, active with, with uh, uh, being able to troubleshoot through those personalities, which was a very great life skill. So I went over, I had a, a, a guest come in and I sat at my, in my section and there were these four guys that came in and I was just driving with them. They were very, very nice. And they, you know, were kind of messing around and he's like, all right, what kind of burger kind of burger should we get? I'm like, well, you look a little spicy and you look a little constipated. So maybe you want the one with the thing. And then, the, so it was just, you know, cracking jokes and really matching them up based off of their personality in 30 seconds of, you know, who they are because they were so willing to be, to be friendly and fun. So I sold them a burger. That's what I did. And so at the very end of it, they said, Hey, Ash, would you mind sending us your resume? And I was like, okay, guys, show it in the tip. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for flirtation. I appreciate it. I know I'm lovely, but you know, I didn't even, I had no idea that they were absolutely serious. So the next day the owner comes back in and goes to my boss and he goes, can you bring Ashley over here? And I said, Ash, we never received your resume. Said, oh my God. Okay. So after three years, I went into the, I only saw, you know, um, uh, 
waitress Ashley. They didn't see New York Ashley. So as soon as I had like a professional interview, as I was going on these really bad interviews in between jobs, um, I walk in and like, I'm a completely different person. I present myself very differently. And within a week I had a 401k, a salary and benefits. And within three months, because those guys gave me a chance, they, uh, allowed me to, oh, within three months I had the highest grossing sales because they gave me a chance. And that was only because I, I was doing sales and I, was, I knew people and I understood people. And so they let me go, they never reeled me back in, they just let me have the freedom to, to build relationships through this customer service platform and that's why I was able to do so well over there. So these guys plucked me from being a waitress and to putting me back into the workforce. And I will never forget that. And they never restricted anything that I did they never put any pressure on me to, to get certain deals. They trusted me and my instincts to be able to, to, to be fruitful in that space. Um, it was an online e-commerce e furniture company called InMod. And it was Alan and Brian, those two guys. And one of the things, and then I didn't find that kind of leadership or management until 10 years later when I built my own business. So it was, I had been... Um, uh, spoiled with great management, moved to Philadelphia and had 18 jobs after I graduated college. So it was a total of 18. Every job never got fired. Mergers and acquisitions and budget cuts. These were things that were out of my control. I worked in companies like eBay. I worked at companies at Navport, which gathered data for oil and gas. I worked at a small business working as a personal assistant to a millionaire in Philadelphia. Like I did, I worked in technology. I did everything. And it was only because of my network that I survived. Um, but after eight months here, it's like, you know, your pitch every time you go into an interview just saying like, hey, I, listen, I know this looks like somebody threw up on it, but this, my resume actually is something that is of value. And I kept trying to convince people of my value because what was on paper did not show that. And it just became um, challenging, very, very challenging to really try to dig deep and to figure out and to convince people that no, 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 I, I, I can do things and I know how to do things well. This was just out of my control and this is where I am at this point. So. I, my, I had gotten married um, and the last, I woke up one morning and I decided, I was like, how did I go from working at entertainment and working for these amazing celebrities in an industry that I wanted to get heavily involved in to selling custom software, which I'm miserable, just miserable. How did I get to that point? And I decided to do the only thing I thought of, which was I quit with no plan. And I've never quit. If I quit, it was because they were, you know, I found another job because they were doing mergers and acquisitions. So it just became where it was a very stressful time because I didn't have a plan, but I also had just got married to so a little bit of a buffer and I felt safe enough to do that. But everything was independent of me and my ex. We had independent everything. So I felt very close to the chest about the decisions that I made that would affect both of us. And I had, I had a great conversation with a networking group that looked over my resume and kind of gave me some of my skill sets and reminded me of what those skill sets were. 
and I went to a networking event. Uh, it was a tailgate uh, at a Phillies game. And I walked over to people and I wanted to get out because it was like the last day that I had worked at the other position and I wanted to kind of talk to and, and build, you know, just, just to get out there. So I went to the Phillies game, it was a networking event, and I walked around and I told people I didn't have a job. And they're like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know yet. I don't know. But what I do know is I want to keep this going because I built this network. I want to continue to build up, you know, and learn about different opportunities. So at one point, I took a step back and I looked at everybody around here. And I said, what does everybody here have in common? I know how to work a room. I've worked in entertainment before. I can read people. I used to teach improv as well. So I understood audience, understood personality shifts. I understood cadence and tone. I also was an actor, so I could read, I can read a crowd very, very quickly. And that was a weird skill that I didn't ever think that I would ever use again. So I walked around to everybody and I asked them, you know, obviously what they had in common here, but they were all networking. That's why they were there. And I asked them, you know, what sucks for you about networking? Like, what's the problem? What's the problem for you? And they would go around and they would give me all of their pain points. So I got to the end of all of everybody that I spoke with, with kind of an idea of like some kind of service offerings and BSing my way through this conversation with somebody. And a gentleman um, came over, overheard me and said, hey, would you ever network for someone at an event, at a, at a book signing? Because one of the problems that people were talking about was, I don't like going to events by myself because it's nerve wracking. I don't know what events to go to. I hate the follow up because it's time consuming and I really don't know how to nurture that network. I'm like, okay, so these are all things that, how can I manage it? So gentleman comes over and he goes, would you ever you know, network for somebody at book signing? I said, yes. He goes, okay, well give me, you know, give me two weeks. The event's coming up, let's regroup, send me over an SOW, statement of work and uh, we'll, we'll, re we'll regroup, I said, okay. So in two weeks, I called in every single favor I could have ever thought of. I had a website, I had headshots, I had liability insurance, I had a master services agreement, I had a statement of work, I had a logo, I had business cards, and I had an assemblance of a website. And I had never, ever, in my entire career, my entire professional career, was ever able to accomplish um, that at all because I was never given the chance. I was always having to um, uh, give reasons as to why I could do something and then it would go through the red tape for four to, four to six months. So it was, I was never given the opportunity just, just to do something of value. And uh, but that's also my fault because I also didn't take it especially in those corporate positions. So I proved to myself that I could build a business in two weeks. Now again, it was like duct taped together and there was no plan. It was just something to give this man. So that way he could see that was a little bit valid. And then I went to State College. And for those who are not in the United States, I live in Philadelphia and State College is four hours driving distance away. So I went there for four hours. I worked the event for two. So he was at the behind the table signing books and I networked on his behalf while he was there as an associate of his company. And then I drove four hours back and I sent him over all the leads that I got, not even leads, it was more of um, the introductions that he wanted that could potentially build his network. And his team followed up afterwards. 
And so that was the first client I ever got. And that client ended up hiring me a year and a half later to go to a conference and do the exact same thing for triple the amount of money that I originally charged him for. And he never, ever, 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 ever balked at price. He always said, whatever it is, it is. I've seen your work and he's hired me year over year for these bigger events. He trusts me with his, his, um, his brand. Um, and I, without being prompted, he sent me this beautiful testimonial. He's been on my show, Connected Success, and then the world opened up. So the moral of the story is, is that my starting, my beginnings came from a place of not knowing my value at all and having, and being brought up in a culture where I had to be told what my value was for me to feel like that's what I was supposed to be doing. And that was just come from being a woman in business, being a woman in general, having to be told what the value is, because that's what you learn in business. Like that's why you have performance reviews. You know, that's why you've got things that, you know, you work on and then things that people think you could do better on and all these things. So it's just, that's the story. But again, the moral of the story is that it takes one person to give you the permission to be yourself. And once you have that, you have no, no idea what that could do for somebody else. So with that being said, both those two lessons, working with uh, Maureen McDonald from Bad Rhino, who is my client, and working with Inmod, those guys, they both gave me an opportunity and they saw value with me not having to explain it. And that's what I needed at that time. And since then, in the past three years, I have had more opportunities than I've had in the past 18. And that is due to for my own psyche, getting the permission to be myself, to be authentic, and to really cultivate a business that is tripling down on my strengths instead of trying to overcome every weakness, which is why that stretch of 10 years was so long, because I kept trying to overcome, 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 and what I really should have been doing was just tripling down on things that I knew that I was good at, um, and that I could really expand on even further. I knew people on different aspects of it. And I had no idea how to put that into a practice. And then when I dug deep into networking, the human behavior aspect, the technology behind it to show the metrics, to show you who you're meeting with and where you're spending your time and your value, using emotional intelligence assessments to be able to do that as well. These all kind of cultivated a way to, um, to really build a business. And I take every single phone call, I take every single um, meeting, I don't say no to meetings ever. I may reschedule, but I don't say no to meetings ever because I want to do, or at least I don't ever want to miss an opportunity to do what Brian and Alan did for me that day and what Marty did for me that day. So if I can provide a resource or a introduction or some kind of value add, that has been the foundation of my business, number one, which it's not scalable. Let's be real about that. But I will do that until the day that I die because I owe those guys everything. That's amazing. And there's so many lessons in your story. So let's break this down a little bit. The first thing is, you know, don't underestimate the power of a burger, right? No, absolutely. Yes. And like, and that they, they saw you, you know, as a server, right. And they saw potential in you that you were, you were not demonstrating it, but they saw behind the scenes. And I love that because I think too many times we do look at people like exactly where they are, what they're doing. And we don't go deeper into the soul of like, 
what are these people capable of, you know? And yet we know that most of us live our life using only about 10% of what our capabilities are. But it's people like them that bring the greatness to you. And those are amazing people because they awaken those giants. And we want to be more like that, right? In our, in our relationships and our associations with people as leaders in the world, yeah. uh, we, we want to be more like that. We want to see people for what, not what they do or who they are right now, but what is possible for them. Right. And then the second thing is of course the power of one, right? Like that mm-hmm. one person yep. who, yes. And you know, like, I always want to be that one person, right? For right, other people. Right, you do right. too. You, it's just, it's like in your brain, you're like, if I miss this opportunity, I have no idea what I could be saying to this person or what, what resource or person that I have to make the introduction that could change that. And I have the privilege to network. I mean, how lucky are we to be able to network and to be able to meet with the right people and be able to connect with the right people? How lucky are we to be able to do that? Now yes. it's to, to give back in that way. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And I know that, you know, you have introduced me to people and I've sent people your way. And I just, you know, I appreciate that because like you said, as women, we really need to support each other out here. And, you know, it's a different game, right? They and were the enemy for me for a while. They were yeah. the enemy until I started the business. I mean, let me tell you just as a, just as a, as an aside, when I walked in the polka dot powerhouse, which is the group that you ran into. I was like, what is this? It's pink. There's, it's, a, it's a sorority. I don't understand. What is it? And then I walked out feeling that I could do anything. And it was so overly positive. My senses were going so far and so much that it was absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. And so that's, that was the beginning of me being able to trust women and to start collaborating effectively with them. I remember that day like it was yesterday. Like, I know where you sat. I know where I sat. I I know who was in the room. It is the craziest thing. And if my memory serves me correctly, the first time you came, I believe you were like ready to quit your job. And you came back and you announced, you know, guess what I did since the last time I was here? I quit my job. And you were like, stood up and they clapped. And I cried for like two days after that because it was like, yeah, I know it's a lot. And I, I never felt more alone in my, in my professional life than I did for the 10 years and walking into that room and being nervous about standing up and talking about something that I just had done that I've never done and then getting it affirmed by a group of women that knew nothing about me but, under, but saw me. Like that was so powerful and so it lasted so long and it allowed me to start trusting women and making introductions and collaborating, which has been growing my and expanding my network and my opportunities exponentially because of Polka Parents. Isn't that amazing? That to me, I know. And you know, that is what drives women to keep going and to chase their dreams and to have the hope and the support that they need. And I love that. So, you know, let's be real since this pandemic, uh, networking has 
changed a lot. Um, and I know that you, um, you know, you've got such a journey here and, and, you know, people taking chances on you and you making introductions, but let's talk about uh, small to medium-sized business professionals uh, in, in the sense of networking and also how have you pivoted because obviously your business has been more face-to-face than anything and then that shut down six months ago. So how has your business changed and what can you tell other entrepreneurs who need to be networking? Like what tips do you have for them? Absolutely. So the way that this has pivoted is I was going on site with all of my clients to go to these events and I was going to networking events consistently. I was hosting them as well. I was doing mostly the face-to-face, going to conferences, all that got canceled. I was speaking at conferences this year, like that was ramping up. That was going to be another subdivision of my business, um, which was again, staying in my lane, which is just the networking tangibly and tactically. And um, I took two weeks, as soon as the pandemic hit, I took two weeks and I sat back and I watched. I watched what people were doing, I watched what the tone was, I watched what the culture had shifted, and I watched when it was appropriate to start making moves onto shifting into virtual networking. So I took a moment to kind of look at the market and see what there was out there. I had already been training teams, and so I had the presentation, but it was half in person and half virtual, like the the, the topics. And so I switched everything over to tangible activities virtually, and I really revamped the presentation, tested it out for two more weeks to see if the things that people were saying about shift everything over were correct, and then added my flair to it based off of the knowledge that I had and what actually worked. My biggest pet peeve, especially the people that are speaking in my industry, they're so high level. And it's very much like, build a relationship. It's like, okay, seriously, like, what am I saying to this person when they get on the phone? Like, what am I talking to them about? How do I start the conversation? How do I get the nerve? So it becomes less of a, of a challenge. So my pivot has been, I have, my network has grown exponentially because I can take more phone calls. I could do more zoom calls, but I also practiced talking to myself and looking into a camera and really being okay with not getting the verbal or the um, physical affirmation of what I was saying was resonating with people. What I did was I got two screens and I'm able to see everybody's face. And if somebody is like nodding aggressively, I'm calling them out and saying, I hear you, Linda. You're looking great, Linda. Tell me about that. What makes sense? So I learned how to maneuver using technology to still be engaging and to still come across as passionate. And you're exhausted afterwards because you're putting so much into it but there are so many people out there specifically who are giving presentations or training that are dead across the eyes and are like i'm just gonna wait until i get in front of people to like show my magic and i'm like listen you've got to pivot you have to pivot because this is going to either be the norm or it's going to be half of what you thought was going to happen um so my what i pivoted was is like i'm training teams I'm speaking to a lot of networking groups and I'm collaborating a lot with other business professionals that have something, a little extra flavor to networking. So for example, Bryn Tillman, we all love Bryn. She does, she's a subject matter expert on LinkedIn and I did a collaborative um, webinar with her. So my advice would be is that you're networking, the, the top three groups you should be networking with are strategic partners. These are power partners. These are people that are um, going to be able to also refer you business, but it has to go both ways it's not just a one-way thing you got subject matter experts people that are on that are smarter than you there's no gatekeeper and they want to talk to somebody 
So jump on a 15 minute phone call, request that meeting via LinkedIn, and then your current network. How many times have you been on a call and you're like, oh, I haven't talked to that person in so long, or you're just trying to catch up. You have no idea what value you can give them during this pandemic, and you have no idea what introduction you can give because you're on 14 different Zoom calls with 75 people that may expand your introduction capsule. So that, that would be my advice. I love it. I love it. And, you know, and then you have your digital TV shows that you've been doing in studio and then again that. So how is that? What are you doing? How have you pivoted? Sure. So everything has been, so because things are starting to kind of get, not even get back to normal, but some people are coming into the studio. We've been doing everything via Zoom. So I'll go into the studio, do two to three interviews, which has been great because I interview, I'm interviewing people all over the country. In fact, the woman I just hired to help me out, she was from Texas. She saw me through another group that I was training in Texas and said, let's jump on a call. Loved her. She came on the show and now I hired her. She's going to take my business to the next level. So it's just like, you have no idea what's been, what the next step is going to happen if you don't like open the door for conversation. Um, so the pivoting really has been just me going into the studio, doing the Zoom in, uh, interviews, and then doing the same thing I always have. The reason why I do those, those uh, interviews is, one, I don't get paid for that. So that's something that I do every week because it works a muscle, which is being able to active listen, being able to communicate more effectively, and allows me to celebrate my network in a way that's tangible. So that way they can use that criteria for their own businesses. I get the video if they decide to purchase it, so I use it for my own content, but it really is to work a muscle and to stay sharp. So that way when the big conferences come up, I'm able to communicate more effectively and it just keeps me sharp. Amazing. That is awesome. So let's do this. Why don't we tell our listeners where they can find you? ashleyassists.com with an S. You can email me at ashley at ashleyassists.com. Um, and all social media has Ashley Assists. Awesome. Okay. So now we're going to take a turn. Can't wait. <laughs> and so yes. So we promise our listeners that we're going to bring fierce female entrepreneurs in here to lay it out on the table, tell them everything they need to know and share all of their tips and value and advice for, for in growing their business and uh, expanding their reach and all of those things. But we also promise them to let them behind the scenes. We as women, and I know you know this as well as I do, that we are always comparing ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, we're comparing our weaknesses to the other people's strengths and we're coming up short. And so what we want to do here is we want to share some stories of your journey that we can use to let people in the back door here, as we say, or behind the scenes to see that while you are amazing and successful and all the things that you had a journey where there were times when you wanted to give up and you were afraid, but every single time you got back up and you chased your dreams and that's how you got to where you are today. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. So we're going to start with the good. So I would love for you to choose one story that you can share about the good of your journey. The good of my 
journey was I accidentally got the Pennsylvania Women's Conference. And that, go and that journey began when I, when I submitted my stuff for a network, for a conference in Nevada. And I didn't realize it was the Women's Conference and the Women's Conference of Pennsylvania was just a subset of like the main whatever. So I'm firing off these applications and the woman responds back to me and says, hey, unfortunately we're all set up, but I see that you're from Pennsylvania. Would you like to do the Pennsylvania Conference for Women? And I was, I had to read a couple, I was like, I'm sorry, <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you, the, I have been on a waiting list for two years just to attend and you're just gonna give me that. So I lost my little mind. This was about, this was almost a year, a year ago, I think. Wow, it's only been three years. Um, and I did a breakout session, which I got clients out of, but I was able to be around and be involved in the PA Conference for Women, which was insane. So that, that was the good. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That was great. Yes, yes. Okay, so now we have to pick a story from the bad. So do you have a story that's kind of bad? The bad has been the imposter syndrome is now coming more and more frequently. And that is probably becoming from the fact that COVID happened, the protests happened, my divorce happened and it became where I couldn't, um, I haven't been able to really uh, uh, keep it, keep it close to the chest as much. I think that as everybody, you know, is, is trying to do right now. So my stress level and my sleeping habits over the past few months haven't been great just because I haven't had a moment to really sit down and think about the things that are going on out in the world. But my focus has been, how do I make my little world better for everyone else? So that way that stuff doesn't seem so scary. So the bad has been imposter syndrome is real and you should lean into it because if you bury it, it's going to pop up when the wind blows the wrong way. And then you're crying in a Wegmans parking lot. You're like, what is going on? And so, <laughs> so the goal, I think, or at least the, the bad is that imposter syndrome happens to me once every three months. It usually takes me out for about a weekend. And what I've learned from that space is that I will sleep away the weekend and I will always get up. So that resilience has been, and in, in my previous relationship, there wasn't any help for me getting out of bed. And so the, the, the bad part about that was, is that I had to learn how to be resilient when I thought that I had somebody in my corner. So now that I've got that skill, I know just to be like, all right, I know this is just going to be time. This is just time. Let me sleep for the next, for the weekend and let me get up and be refreshed, but to give myself that permission to do that. So interesting. First of all, you're not the first person who's talked about imposter yeah. syndrome. Yeah. That you know, with all high level, mm -hmm. uh, you know, leaders, this is just something that is always showing up. And the fact that you mentioned that it's coming more often and faster is because, right, you're doing more things, right? You're covering more ground. You're seeing more people. You're moving so much quicker through it. And that's how it comes through that cycle. But what do you think about this three month thing? Like what, what is I that about? I don't know. I feel like I've recognized it, or at least now because I'm home, I'm more self-aware of it, of it's happening. I think it could be a quarterly thing where I've either built up enough or the season's changing, to be quite honest with you. It could be that as well. Um, it could be a combination of a lot. It could just be that the moon changes every three months. I don't know. I mean, it could be it could be biological that I'm not familiar with. Maybe, you know, especially because women have their periods and it's a different cycle. I have no idea. 
But what I did recognize between the two and a half to three month area, it's like, ooh, something doesn't feel right. And then I burn out, which is dumb. And I, I, my brain is fried. And so I take that time to regroup, but I also know how to recognize it. I also know how to prepare for it. So that way, if I feel my body kind of get in that space, I'm like, oh, it's three months. Let me, let me take a, take a weekend and feel like poop and let it get to the next step. Amazing. And that is amazing that you have control over that and that you're so aware. I think the awareness is 99% of it because we're always operating at that higher level and we, we miss a lot of things. And then yeah. they just come up and smack us right in the head. So yeah. that's so cool that you are so aware of that and you're ready for it. That is great. Okay. I think so the quarantine though also allowed me to, to have that time to think through it too. Do you know what I mean? Because we, we go so fast, we're moving around so fast, like we don't have any of the self-awareness. So this, this forced me to slow down and to just reflect, which is why I'm able to kind of talk about it now because I'm like, ah, all right, I know it's coming. So let me just prepare for that. Yeah, that, that is great. And if you can do that and get a handle on that, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So the last part is the ugly and every successful entrepreneur knows that you don't have great success without challenges and, and obstacles yep. and, and ugly, downright ugly. So I got give a, it to I got us, Ashley. Good, I got a good ugly one. So okay. I had equity in a company that I had worked with for the past, since I basically started my business. The woman that I was working with, I considered a sister and she had brought me up from the very beginning, gave me my name, Networking Concierge. And she had been such a powerhouse to me from the very beginning through everything. She knew about the issues I was going through with my ex at the time. She knew the different areas that we were collaborating. Our businesses were similar, but she was you know, introverted. I was extroverted, the whole thing. So we had decided, she had decided to bring on a bunch of, um, to expand the business and to bring it on to make it go national. And unfortunately, because of the pandemic, there had been um, a lot of things where we all disagreed on, meaning like myself, the CEO, the CTO, that she brought on to expand the company to eventually sell in the next three to four years. Um, we had one disagreement and she took that very, 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 very personally. In addition to everything else that was going on with her personal life, especially with the pandemic and then the protests, it just all became way, way too much. So she pulled everything and it, it became more and more increasingly challenging to work with her. So somebody who I had trusted more than I trusted anybody in my professional life and also my personal life, she blocked everybody. She, unfortunately, she wasn't able to respond to any emails. And it became this big mess that didn't have to be if, if it would have been handled in a very professional and different way. So that was the ugly because I had put my faith and my trust in somebody who I had known for three years, um, who knew the good, the bad, and the ugly. And um, I was still, my, that opportunity to maybe have retirement or maybe to have some savings with this, the, the ultimate goal, which is we were all trying to put into, which is to sell the company eventually and sell it and, and build it so we could sell it or you know grow it in this pandemic time, which would have been perfect. Um, she, pulled, she took that away. And with that being taken away, it became a very, um, it brought up a lot of, it still has, it, there's a lot of walls that are still built up. I do not let people in as much as I should. I still have a very 
very strong, powerful network, but I feel like if anybody really wants to just dig deep, they're gonna have a lot of work to chip away. And I have a lot of work to do to chip away at that. So with the ugly had been, she took that position away from me. I had just gotten a divorce. So my trust issues were already up through the roof. This also happened. And I also had uh, a woman threaten my life. So I had to get a security system. So like, it was like the smorgasbord of shenanigans towards the end of last year, then the pandemic. And I'm just sitting back going, I don't, I, I don't even have the bandwidth to react anymore. And so there's a lot of self-improvement that I need to start doing to be able to bring back people into my life that I think could potentially help me. My first step was actually just hiring this woman, which I spent a stupid ton of money on, but I think there's going to be a lot of bandwidth attached to that. And, and stupid, stupid ton means just me, just any kind of money that's over $20 is a stupid ton of money for me. <laughs> so but but starting to trust the people that I know that are better than me in a specific area so I can get guided and coached. Um, but the but the ugly really, really was that that took my that took my breath away because um, I lost a friend and I, I, I lost an opportunity that was she took my future away in my head. That was my future and ripped it right from me. So moral of the story is definitely take risks and jump into you know good partnerships with people but always have everything legally managed in a way just in case something happens because never in a million years i think something would happen yeah and that's great advice too and i'm so sorry that happened to you but you know ashley you will build another new future and you will and it'll be bigger and it'll be better than anything you could have built with that other you know, that, that team that you had and yeah. you will go further and it will be all yours. And thank that you, is, that is the promise. Right. And so you just keep doing it right. And you keep just living out your passion and your dreams and all that will come back to you a hundredfold. You. I promise. I know it for sure. I've seen it happen. I'm well, but this amount of stuff in the past, Past three years by having strong women like you in my corner I can't imagine what the next three years are gonna look like like that oh is what gosh. is keeping me going it's just like what is gonna happen and so you know finally investing in myself and um, really kind of taking the bull by the horns now the other thing too is which is interesting which might be in the ugly category because I know you get like five minutes but um, so again as, as honest as we are in this on this podcast my relationship also allowed me to I had nothing to hate after he left. So my motivation to get things done started to dwindle because I was happy. So I spent the last three years, didn't hate him the whole time. I still don't hate him. It's more of just, I was taking all of my effort and throwing it into this business. And now that I don't have that kind of stress, it's like, trying to get the motivation and being at home, trying to get the motivation to be as productive as I was. And I realized it's because I was, I was trying to avoid <laughs> the other stresses. So that was something else I came up with, you know, during this quarantine time. But, but it's interesting when you realize about yourself after a while. It is. And especially you've been living with yourself during this quarantine. And Which I thought was going to kill me, but it is the most peaceful I've ever felt. 
Isn't that amazing? And can you even believe how much more productive we are that we're not running from place to place and meeting to meeting and sitting in traffic? And I love that part of it. You know, I like we need. Yeah, it's like we need to still hold on to some of that when things start to come back, because there are so many things that are going to come out of this that are going to make us even better. And so I'm really holding on to that. Uh, and of course, you know, the illness and the, and the death and all of the devastation and the jobs and the economy, like all of that is a mess and that's a scary thing. But there are so many personal things if you really look inside to see how great it's been on a personal level. So I think we can overcome all those other things and we're going to come out of this better and stronger and, and do great things. So it has been such a joy to have you. Is there any final parting advice or words that you want to give to these entrepreneurs? Nobody cares about what you do at the end of the day. Nobody cares. What they care about is the value that you can provide, but you have to define what that value is. Maybe it's your personality. Maybe it's a good resource you have. Maybe it's the fact that you lighten up a room. Maybe it's that you can have one-on-one conversations so deeply that it gets the other person to think more effectively and productively. But remember, when you are working with other people and when you are bringing people into your sphere of influence, into your group of champions, you can only be yourself. Because if you start to become another version of yourself, you're going to lose sight as to why you started in the first place. Always remember why you started. That is fabulous. That's like a mic drop right there. Oh my gosh. Girl, thank you so much for being here. I just love you so much. And for all of our listeners today, I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you are face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl. Get back up. You can do it. You really can. Just get back up. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review, and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you. 